Welcome to Let's Talk. Where ordinary people are doing extraordinary things. We are live and interactive. With education. Spoken word. Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope, as well as our other streaming channels. And tonight, we have part two of They Were Chosen. Mothers with Children with Disabilities. We had a, a very informative conversation, um, jam session about a year ago this time. And these, these two, as well as the third one, Chastity, who's not here tonight, they, they educated me on being a parent and being and particularly a mother with a child with a disability. And a lot has changed um, in that year and we're in COVID. So a lot of the circumstances may have gotten better, worse or indifferent. So the, tonight these two will uh, come and explain what has been going on and to talk about um, some of the things that they go through as mothers of children with disabilities. Um, I will say that uh, I appreciate everybody being patient because one of the things that I like to always say is that when we talk behind the scenes, um, sometimes it's, it's a conversation of fun, but with these two young ladies, I'm privy to a conversation that they would talk around their brother. So it's, it's 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 always a lot of emotion when we talk about the setting of the show and where we want to go and how we want um, the show to, to come across. So, good evening, ladies. Good evening. What, what's up, y'all? Hey, Q. So we interviewed. We we had a conversation last year about some of the difficulties. Um, would you guys like to, 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 to go over 
that because what what would be considered a mother or a parent with a disability? Oh my God, Nicole, do you want to go first? I was about to say, Elsie, do you want to take this one? I mean, it's so vast and it's, it's broad. You you, you can't yeah, just say what that there's a defining idea of what a mother or a father or anyone with a disability looks like, sounds like, um, it's it's different. Um, and I always say that each kid is individual to their own disability. Um, there are many things that fall into the role of a disability. So yeah. perfect example, Aiden, our baby. Aiden is in the wheelchair permanently for the rest of his life. Right. My son Julian has autism, walking, functioning, but nonverbal, highly stimulated, uh, cognitively up and down, doesn't understand the sense of danger, um, can never be alone, cannot cross the street by himself, cannot go anywhere alone without supervision for the rest of his life. Then you have Chastity, whose child, um, two kids, one with ADHD, one with diabetes. Neurotypically, everything is fine. The naked eye doesn't understand that there are sensory processing issues, the ability to rationalize certain situations. And so outside of it, someone may look at it like, oh my God, he has a behavior problem. Oh. But it is a manifestation of his disability. You may have a child with diabetes, which Nicole is an adult with diabetes. Nothing tells you that she has diabetes, but there are things that come with it that negate to a disability. Um, so to answer your question, there is no clearly defined definition of what, what does that look like? It's what it is to each individual and each frame. Right. So, so let me ask you guys, um, you know, we, we, we touched on so much since last year and so much has went on. COVID hit, and we actually was um, supposed to do some things uh, that COVID affected together. Uh, I was I was yeah. coming in I was coming in on you guys shine like I like to say um, because you guys made the interview so easy. What? How has you guys lives changed since COVID with the progress of you guys' children? Or, or, um, or is the progress stopped? Not only has it stopped, it's regressed. Absolutely. In, in one year of COVID, the years of work that we put into Julian, the years of work of his teachers, his speech therapist, his occupational therapist, his ABA specialist, his behaviorist, Julian's team, For the sake of Jules and most kids with severe disabilities, that socialization, that interaction is absolutely necessary. You have children who need the routine in order to move to the next level in life with their disability. For right. Julian, he was out of school almost eight months. Cold turkey. He had to adapt. And what happened was he was starting to talk a little bit more. He was starting to, you know, 
you know, able to walk up and down the block. He wasn't highly stimulated anymore. The district had started a CBI program that had him going into the high school and interacting with the kids and learning behaviors and being a part of a community because having a disability with our kids is very isolated. It's very rare kids wanna come over. It's very rare kids wanna hang out with them. It is such a lonely experience for them, it's sad. But at the high school, he was amongst other children and there were other students that had disabilities like him but there was this camaraderie connection, right? And it brought out like what they were mimicking. They had their own crew. They were able, maybe they were nonverbal or had the swimming, but it reduced because they were in society. You cut off all of that. All of that. And you bring them home. So one, we as the parents now, we have to navigate how to educate these kids. The educators now, in a split instinct had to figure out, okay, how do we connect with this kid on the computer? And I want to shout out all of the teachers, all of the therapists, all of the occupational therapists, all of the speech therapists, the ABA coordinators, the behaviorists. They are the real MVPs because what happened is everybody tried their best. Yeah. And now the kid who needs to be mimicked hand over hand, needs to have someone in their face, is in front of a computer. And that's... One of the, one of the things that I, I have to address, and, you know, a lot of times when I'm in this setting, it's a lot easier to, um, to talk about this stuff, is that ever since last year, um, since our interview, I've gotten very close to these three young ladies. Uh, like I said, Chassie's not here. So I've been privy to um, the emotion that you these have. three young ladies share. And it's kind of hard for me to even listen to Elsie talk about it because she has definitely been going through it the last year as well as Nicole. Um, you know, I... I it's kind of hard. I want you guys to get emotional during the interview, but I, I want you guys to explain to people the quote unquote being strong all the time, but not, but you know, you have the moments where you just, you just want to go in the room and just let it out. I feel like you just wanted us to yeah. get emotional today. And you yeah, but we're not, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we're we talking about today. And we're not doing that. Here, but I am not going to be here. I even feel the heaviness coming, and I'm sitting here like. No, because no, because because one of the things is that you know, getting a text from one of y'all, or we just having a conversation, like. Yeah. It it, it, it appears from the outside person. easy. Yeah. And someone just told me that. Well, Kay just told me that the other day we were talking, and she was saying how, you know we make it look like it's not a hard task, but I'm, I will say personally, and I know Elsie can relate since COVID it, this has probably been the biggest test that I have been through on this journey as a special needs parent since Aiden was born. It's almost, it's running neck and neck to when he first got diagnosed and this, because from the moment that we were shut down until until this very second, it has been non-stop. I mean, like Elsie said, trying to 
get him to adjust to uh, seeing his teachers and his class on a computer, he has no interest at all. So he knows that he's not in school. He knows that he's home all day, every day. There's only but so much entertaining that I can do and that I can provide him without, you know, running myself crazy. You know what I'm saying? Running out of ideas, not being able to get him out and walk around with him and take him to the mall just to walk around. All those small things, you know, once they're wiped out, you're really left with yourself and your child. And what am I going to do next? And this, this year has definitely challenged Aiden physically. I mean, I'll, I'll say physically, you know, we were, we were better with, um, at the beginning of last year, we were really working with him, um, with his physical therapist for him to, uh, be more comfortable with standing. He even wanted was trying to stand independently a little bit. He was on the treadmill at school for 10 whole minutes. Wow. You know, now he's only he's down to 2 minutes. That's all he can tolerate on the treadmill now. So um muscles, you know, his he's been tight, you know, everything so we just had to have a procedure done, which is normal for us, but we had to increase the medicine that loosens his muscles because he's been home and without those therapies. So aside from him having to adjust, you have to also deal with yourself. You know, am I doing everything right? Did I shower today? Uh, Did I, I need two cups of coffee instead of one. You know what I mean? Like you go through all these different emotions and you deal with your own stuff. So then now you have your child that needs you constantly and that school time that you did have to do whatever. In my case, when Aiden went to school, I'm studying, I'm getting things ready for dinner. I'm running errands. I have my own health issues. So I'm running to doctor's appointments. You know, all of that gets put to a complete, halt and it's like a, it's like it's a it's a shock it's like it shocks your whole life you know and we're just now coming around but and he's been out of school he was out of school for eight months and he returned in September but we've been shut down this is our fifth time since Same September Same right here. so we don't necessarily we don't get the t- they don't get they don't get the real interaction because they're yanked right back out of school because you know covid cases are going up and stuff like that so it has been a huge adjustment it, it, it really has. has it really has one, i think for me one of the things that Kay said um you know in spite of you, you young ladies being superwomen sometimes you have to ask for help um yeah. and i and i know that's hard um <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, you know, you know what's 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 crazy is that when Nicole put the video, not the video, the picture up of the lift in her van in the snow, and it it, it makes you not re- it makes you realize really what someone's going through. Like they can tell you, but it's just like, oh my god. I think that somebody she can't even clean the snow. To get to the van, to get the to lift get the in the lift. house, right, and, it, and it's like a whole process. Like you know, you you want to ask people for help, and hopefully we get some more technicians that know how to put it together. And right. I know it's finally put together, but it's like, no, it's not, know. not yet. Oh. Not yet. <laughs> but listen, I, I'm I'm gonna say this. I was just so grateful to get it that a little bit longer for me to have to yeah. carry him up and down the stairs is no thing because I have it. 
So when it's time, when we find the right people that can install it properly, I'm fine with that. It was just, they're expensive, you know, and we've been on the waiting list for a year now to get one installed. But now with COVID, all of our resources, perform care, all those little things that we were getting, you know, are kind of delayed. So I couldn't wait. So I put it out there. And then of course, thanks to Mike Bowl, he made it happen. We went to pick it up. And so that's really what I was, that I cared about just having it. It's still in the van. However, I have it. So I know it's going to get done. Even if and it's I think next that month, that's, whatever. Right. And I think that that's what we do where there's an assumption that we're so strong. You know, I always get, oh my God, how do you do this? Oh my God. You know, and in my community, I'm always trying to, advocate on behalf of kids with disabilities. I feel completely sad because, you know, I'm chair of the Union Township. Shout out to Nicole who has joined me on board the committee. Um, There's so much that I wanted to accomplish and then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, I think what it really made me realize was that you know, I have to own that I'm not this strong person. Um, and the strength that I have, it is by the grace of God that I have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what people don't see behind the scenes, you know, they see me or, you know, they either, oh, she's so strong or, oh my God, she speaks this and she's, she's an advocate or even to those who don't like me for a number of reasons. What they don't know behind the scenes is I'm home after everything is down crying. I am questioning if God exists. I am angry at God at times because I'm like, he doesn't deserve this. I don't even care about me at all. You know, I'm struggling to understand that this beautiful spirit that I carried and brought into this world lives a life that is hard because number one, I think what people need to understand is, especially with Jules, when you have a child who is nonverbal, a child cognitively um, can't grumble, a child who is defenseless, and now I'm in the stage where he's a young adult man who's six foot two, um, 16 years old, taller than me, 170 pounds, um, looks okay, navigating society, and he could be at school and someone could be abusing him. These are the things that I'm thinking about. He could be uh, out and someone can hurt him and he can't come back. It is like we send them into the world with a grace of God. And there are times when you don't even want to think about what they could be experiencing. There are times when I'm like, gosh, I wish Julian could talk, talk, talk. And then I get scared and I'm like, oh my God, if he were able to talk and he were to tell me something that has happened to him, how would I handle that? I have struggled with depression. I have struggled with anxiety. I have been through it all. I have tried myself to sleep. I have you know, gone through it all watching my baby struggle. He has been sick. I haven't been able to figure out what's wrong. Um, I don't know. He could have anything going on. Yep. He can't say they didn't too. Yeah, I have not yeah. It's like we have to guess. Have it's to- like charades. It's it's like a game of charades all the time. You know, like Please. I don't know when Aiden is hungry. I just have I know that I have a schedule for him. 
He has, I have the times where he's supposed to eat because he doesn't say that he's hungry, but I know that he needs to eat. You know, he cries out of nowhere. Lately, it's been, it's been bad. It's been to the point where I'm like, what is it? Like, tell me something. I, please. Please. I told him and I'm like, tell me, tell me say it. What is something, you know, we just don't know. And then it's like, it could be stomach problems. It could be his tooth that's hurting. You know, it could be lately. I believe it's a lot of boredom, you know, and I oh, think yeah, that he's yeah. a, he's a little clingy with to me and if he can't have his way and, you know, so it's, it's, it's. <laughs> and that's, 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 that's another thing that you guys didn't share before was um these, these young men are, are, are young men. Like they have the strength of a young man. Yeah. And yeah. I can imagine Nicole, you picking him up and trying to take him upstairs and he fighting back. Yeah. Well, that, well, I will and say Elsie, in your case too, like fighting back. He's or taller just, than, he's taller than Elsie. <laughs> Julian, you know, in my case, you know, because I know other kids who have like very aggressive behavior. Julian right. is not aggressive. However, he is taller than me. Uh, now that I'm losing weight, uh, in a minute he's going to weigh more than me. <laughs> you know, I can't. You know, and sometimes when he's trying to get my attention. You know, before he used to, you know, like tap my chest to let me know. So now he's like, and I'm like, Julian. <laughs> like, the, the, he, you know, he doesn't understand the level of his strength. And I'm literally like, whoa, like you, you're you're a whole man. Man. You're mm -hmm. a whole man now. And even with my husband, James, with him, you know, we, you know, we, we don't, I don't believe in snatching children's souls out of them for discipline. And we've been blessed that, you know, we don't have any issues. But with Jules, even with the disciplining of him, you know, because he, he, he I always say that they have their their ways, you know, and we'll we'll go to like try to yoke him up, and he'll look at us like, because we're both shorter than him now, <laughs> looking at us like, oh geez. you know, it's 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 a yes. challenge. So so Keke, Keke said in the chat, she was telling you guys about the article she read about mm -hmm. the couple, mm -hmm. um, about the, the unwanted pregnancy because they knew the child was going to have a disability. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so well, well, she said, if it's not too personal, what would you guys think? would? So that's a tough one there. It is definitely a tough one. I think oftentimes you know, we live in a society that's so politically correct, and God forbid you say how you truly feel. Um, it becomes this whole, whole thing. Whole thing. But where I'm at in life right now is, I live how I live, and I know the struggles that I go through. To say that, you know, am I a proponent for it? Not necessarily. However, when I see my kid going through what he goes through, it makes you wonder. Now that he's going to be 16 and 18, you have to become guardians of him. You have to go to court and, you know, take control over him. But what it has done now, it has brought us to this thing, like, if we die, who's going to take care of Jules? And, you know, his brother's like, yes, and you know, his twin, you know, Julian has a twin brother. You know, my sisters are like, absolutely. Everyone is like, yes. What a lot of people don't know is the magnitude of raising these kids, our babies, or a child with a disability. 
make it look effortless, but trust and believe we are slowly deteriorating and dying inside. That's why I started working out with the Kua to mentally be able to deal with life. Right, right. And I knew like it would be this bad. It's something that I wouldn't say never. Right. I can't be a hypocrite. It's something that I wouldn't say never. Right. And I would, I could, I agree. I absolutely agree. I don't know if, if it was a different time, Mm -hmm. if I was in, if I had my daughter when I was 19 and I don't know if it were reversed, if, if I was told then this is what is going to be, and this is how he's going to be. I don't know. And that's where you, you should allow people's feelings and people's situations, you should just leave that open for, for them to decide. It's not anybody's person. It's not anybody else's business, first of all, but you don't know what that person is going through. You don't know what that person can handle. Maybe they, maybe they know they're, they're just not up for the challenge. And what's wrong with that? What's wrong with being honest? It's kind of like the shirt exactly. you're wearing. Yeah. You don't a situation that someone. One of the things that you guys did um did did uh, teach me was you know um the, having that trust factor, knowing. Listen, if something happens to me, I don't. I can't particularly say I trust anyone else with my responsibility even with all due respect even the other parent like Mm -hmm. i know the other parent i know their strengths and i definitely know their weaknesses and they can't handle what i've been doing right and and you and speaking to that fear man and 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 having that as something in the back of your mind every day with COVID, like you like oh I can't, and, and you know, um, I'm high risk, like Lorray, when she's got diabetes, I have asthma. Like, you be like extra careful, like, yo, I gotta I wash my hands. I can't be around nobody that got COVID. Well, I will say, I'll say, um, you know, back in March, right before the shutdown, my whole family had a gathering, a nice family gathering, and we all got sick. A lot of us tested positive for COVID the scariest thing ever. Um, so in that time, it was definitely, a, it was a thing because no people are dying. Our, our people in our town are dying, young, old, whatever. So of course that was a thought of mine. Like if I don't pull through this, if this breathing and all this stuff that I have going on doesn't get better and I end up in the hospital, even if I end up in the hospital, not even if I'm not here, just me being away for a couple of days scared the mess out of me because I don't, I know, I know for a fact that the father of my son, that's not something that I don't, I don't think that he would be able to handle. That's just, that's my opinion, whatever. So it scares me to even think that if I'm no longer on this earth for me to have to leave Aiden with him, no, I'm not comfortable with, you know, and 
it scares the shit out of me. Sorry, not sorry. It scares me, you know? So, I mean, I think about it all the time. Now I'm better. Thank God my whole entire family got through it. Everybody's fine. Everybody's great. But it's still a thought. It's still an everyday thought. I know. Like, well, forced you to really acknowledge something that we don't want to think about, you know? Right. We, we, we walk through this journey just on autopilot is what right. I said. So right. it's not like we're saying, oh, you know, tomorrow I could die. Let me do X, Y, and Z. No, we're raising our kids to the best of our ability. But this year really did bring a lot of things to light. You know, right. do you have a will? Where, where what, what are the finances? Who's going to be responsible for the finances should something happen to you for him? Or what happens if that person you thought could take care of your kid, they doesn't get want to. Or they yeah. handle it, or it's right. too much for them, and they're right. going to get old one day as well. You right. know, as much as JJ loves his brother, he may meet some woman out there that'd be like, "Your brother can't come." And mm -hmm. you know, I pray that's not the case. Yeah. But the reality is, we don't know what the future entails, and someone can come and put Julian in a home. And this is a conversation James and I had, you know, with his CST, we were talking about transition and we got off of the call and we literally both were like, it just got real. Mm. It's been a journey, but it's like, shit just got real. real. What happens to him? We're going to get old. I could barely handle him now. Now, right. Who, who's going to take on this burden? And right. he's gonna get older, he's gonna need more care. You know, we we watched what happened to people in nursing homes due to COVID. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing that we had over next door in Elizabeth with the group home and, and the home where a lot of those people were getting sick. Um, and during the COVID era, weren't getting enough care. What happens? We know a lot of these facilities Yes, we have a lot of angels in, out there for our babies, but we also got some demons out there who, yep. who look at it like I make two dollars an hour. Um, you know it. You know. <laughs> I want to. I want to. I want to ask you something, Elsie, because I know you brought it up. Um, I, I know Nicole. Nicole is more reserved when it comes to the um, advocacy with the board of education. She's very. She don't say much private publicly, and I know I know Elsie. Um, you're very you're you're, you're you're very you're very no no you're very and I won't say it's it's, it's you're very passionate about the goings comings going on board of education. Yeah, um, we've had a lot of even, debates, you and I. Even 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 with <laughs> your friends, you want your friends to um to be more involved. How how is that relationship? Do you think that the board um, where you guys are at in Union, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they have a direction with dealing dealing with the children yeah. with disabilities? Absolutely not. Mm. Absolutely not. Um, here, we go. here we go. Absolutely not. I thought you said you didn't want me to go there, but absolutely. <laughs> um, one of the things with one of the things with disabilities is unless you live it and really, really live it, then you can understand. Unless you're an educator in that classroom with that kid, you'll really get it. The problem is we have a bunch of people who are on the board okay. that sell you a dream and say, oh, we care, we care, we care. And I just don't feel that. 
I don't negate that they don't have some sort of sympathy for it, but I have been in this game now for eight years. I have been a part of crews that have, you know, said, oh, we're all about it. I go to these BOE meetings and I never hear any championship for the disabilities community. I never hear goals and objectives for our children with disabilities. What I hear is, oh, how much money does it cost? Oh, 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 oh. It's actually this year that with Mr. Tatum leaving and Mr. Benacosta coming on, the focus wasn't really on it. But usually, and Nicole and all of parents with disabilities will tell you, we would become public enemy number one because the thought process is that the district is spending all their money on our babies who have nothing to offer society. Some, right, so right. That's what it is. Aiden is in a wheelchair. Cognitively, he's at X block. Why should we invest in this child? Oh, Julian, you know, he's going to need an aid for the rest of his life. Why are we investing in him? You know, why, you know. It's, it's kind of like, what's the point? Like, what, what's the, yeah. Honors is important. Oh, well, where are they going to go for SATs? That's important. Oh, we need to do a curriculum. Oh, this policy about such and such and such, that's a priority. You never see that passion for children with disabilities with our district. And what I am so passionate about, and it's to the point that I'm honestly really thinking about stopping with all of the disability within our community because it is the most disheartening thing to go to these field meetings get your eyes rolled at you. Um, people who are tasked with making decisions for our children, uninterested, not caring, not champion, you know. And if you don't like me, that's fine. But at the end of the day, there's a whole community that is suffering this year. In me, and not even in school. Let Just me ask you, is, it, is, is there anything that you can do in spite of the lack of uh, support and resources that you see within the township or well, anything? Within the township, now that we're we're gonna start, you know, with the Zoom um, meetings, you know, a lot of things that we want to do in person. I believe that I'll be a, we will be able to do more from a township perspective. Um, in terms of trying to figure out ways to get the kids engaged. Right, right. Engaged. I'm at the point where I don't have any confidence in our Board of Education members. And so the reality of it is I need to channel my energy where I can at least do something. We can come together and do something. Because it's exhausting to be a mom of a child with a disability be a full-time working mother in the city, have three kids, a husband, an entire African family, and also a, a community that relies on the voice. I think a lot of people think that this life is easy. So when I go to a BOE meeting or I'm looking and I see people uninterested, I can never really respect some and I can't, continue to have a journey. And I think the community, we need your help. And I think that that's why people look at us and think that we're so strong. No, we're so used to fighting. We're so used to like begging people to care. And yeah. where I'm at right now, I don't think the decision makers right now 
it's not a priority. Do they care? Maybe, maybe not, but it's not a priority. And that's what the problem is. We and I think and I think another problem too is, you know, maybe maybe 10 years ago, you know, there maybe there were there were there's always been in our town, you know, people, children with disabilities. However, it's grown. There's so many families in union alone. In union alone, union, box hall, however you want to slice it, alone that are that have children, some some of them with more than one child with a dis, with some sort of a disability. And I think a lot of times people don't understand that it's not just autism, there's ADHD, there is just diabetes, there is spina bifida, there is epilepsy yep. there is down a there's a lot and now with these children with one year of quarantine we have a bunch of children now who are going to have mental health issues mental health and issues. that and, and and that and that speaks to a greater situation um like yeah. i said prior 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 our last our last time we we did this it was no covid uh so they say and now right. with COVID, it's like, you know, instead of just saying we don't know, everybody's making decisions and it's like off the hip. I mean, I know, I know with Elsie, I know you you work away from home. I know Nicole, you you're in school at home. Mm -hmm. And I know just having them there and not going to a, to a care facility every day or to school in uh, uh, Juju's case, I know that makes it like, 10 times the burden, 10, I don't want to say burden, 10 times more the responsibility. It's yes. It's an intense responsibility. And I think when I'm at these POV meetings and people- Elsie, KK said you got feedback coming from your end. It, it does. I think what it is is what a lot of people don't realize is when I go to these POV meetings and I'm talking, I'm not talking because I, I, I like to get up there and put myself out there. Or I like to get cameras shut off on me, or I like to get eye rolls, or I like to get the disrespect that comes with it. I'm going out there because when you live it and you understand what it is, mm. and the thought that other children are out there, and let's take, let's go there. There are children who have disabilities that are being abused right now. There are children who go to school to escape a family, a mother, a father, a aunt, or whoever, who doesn't have the patience to deal with it. Yeah. There are children who are being beat right now. There are children who, they're not getting love and affection. The educators, the paraprofessional, those therapists, that's where they get their love. They know, yeah. I'm gonna go home, but in the morning, I'll be back to some love. So right. when you're out here, advocating and, and talking and trying to beg a board to care a little, it's deeper than we know what it is. Because until you live it, you don't know. And there are children who don't, who have disabilities, don't look like they have disabilities. Thankfully, we have a police department and a fire department that are aware and conscious and involved. But just imagine those that don't know. We had the young man who told the police officers that he had a disability and who told them I have sensory issues and he died. Mm. We need to talk about that. We need to understand the importance of it. 
And to go to it, I'll take it to a little bit further than that. Um, With this whole COVID situation, um, on top of us being, you know, special needs parents, the parents are suffering a lot. The parents are suffering tremendously. I mean, I'm in a whole bunch of different forums, you know, so I see it, you know, I know that COVID has taken a toll on the parents' mental health. It's already been challenged and compromised because we deal with this every day, but add this into the mix, the parents are suffering, you know, with depression, anxiety, losing their jobs, having to become teachers, having to become therapists. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a teacher. I don't, I'm not, but you have to learn. So just imagine, you know, you trying to take care of your own self and trying to stay conditioned and stay in the mindset that you have a child with a disability that's permanent. This is forever. This is how it's going to be. But now it's heightened. You have to do, you have to be all of that times 20. You know what I mean? I, I want to advocate for our kids all the time, but I also want to make it an, an, I want to make an appoint to advocate for the parents and the caretakers of these kids, because in order for them, these kids to be well taken care of and to be nourished and to be, you know, the parents have to be right in their in their mental health as well, physical and mental health. But I just feel like we're so we we get the label as being so strong. But like Elsie said, when everything fails, when all else when all else is said and done, and we're home and the kids are, you can finally get them to sleep, and you sit down like you just you you. Yep. Yep. Go ahead. Oftentimes it's like, why not you? There are times when I feel like that too, where I'm like, why not me? Like I'm not exempt from having a special needs child. So I don't really like to question it. However, I I question it. I question it a lot, you know, like, well, why does this have to happen? Or God, you already see that I'm struggling over here. You already see that we didn't have a good day. We didn't have a good week, but now he's, you know, there's something else, you know what I mean? So I think what a lot of people don't realize is my little boom boom, Jace has, he has a medical condition. Right. He has a life um, flattening bleeding disorder and he has a kidney issue. So I was chosen like that beautiful shirt that Nicole has on tonight. You know, it, I didn't ask her, or maybe I did, you know, before I came to this earth, God said, you know, hey, girl, here's an assignment. But at the end of the day. All right. I got I got a question that was sent to me, you guys. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because Nicole, Nicole had to take a, take a sip first, right? <laughs> Some sometimes, and I'm going to say the I'm going to ask to ask the question, and I need you guys to just say it. What can the community do to help you guys? You want to go first, or you want me to go first? You let me think. So I can only speak for you. This is my vision. My vision is that. Our township, 
which is the government or whatever we want to associate it with, our schools, and support and community neighbors, the departments, the stores, have to collectively work together, have to come to some accord to say, listen, these children, these adults are a part of our community. And we have a lot of that in Union. Do We have a lot of support. You know, I would not, I don't regret moving to Union. I think Union is amazing. I left New York to get what I'm getting here from my kids. Um, do I have concerns in terms of certain people? Absolutely. But Quentin, to answer your question, the person's question is, a community has to care. You have to care that I don't know what other way, you know, it's ICK, you know, saying, hey, I will babysit, I will bring them over, you know, let me give you an example. COVID caused Julian to stem out of control. The flapping, it would, I would, it would break my heart. I would be crying. He would be so sensory. Just imagine as us supposedly neurotypical. Just imagine having your, your whole body shake all day long, walking back and forth, pacing back and forth. Can't sit still because routine has thrown you completely out. Holding your ears because the, the intensity of being pulled out, having nothing to really keep you engaged because you're at a thousand and there's no routine now. Yeah. I was talking to Kay and she has love Layla, you know, banging massages. And I just, we, me and her started talking and I said, I gotta figure out how to help my baby. I gotta figure out how to help him relax. What did we do? She gave Jules a massage. She took the time and she massaged all that tension out of him. That is what we need. We need community to come in and say, listen, this is what I have to offer. You know, I would pay for it, but this is what I can help you with. We we're, we need to be that village. We need to be that unique village. We didn't even think he would last 30 minutes. We when 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 I when I made the appointment, I was just like, all right, well, 30 minutes, at least if he could. It was an hour. He woke up. He he didn't even go to sleep. Like there was this level of calm to him. Quentin, that's what we need. We need support. We need someone to call us and say, hey, are you okay? Everything all right? I mean, we just need to talk and for someone to listen, but to actually care and want to take it in. Because it's not easy to, to be able to deal with this. It's not. We were chosen. We didn't ask for it. But Nicole hit it on the back. I think a lot of people don't realize that the parents, whoever, the caregivers are self-aware. You guys in the chat, if you have any questions for the young ladies, um, just, just type it in the chat and I'll let them know. I'm actually getting questions via phone, so <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to stay on it. Uh, Nicole, Nicole, did is it every, is it, did Elsie like sum it up or is it yes. some stuff you want to add? I, I, she summed it up. Um, what I'll give my example now. Um, I totally didn't expect her to get someone to come and shovel out my backyard, but um, those are the things. Those are the 
it may seem like a, not a big deal to someone else, but it's a huge deal for somebody like me who has my whole van snowed in with my son's stairlift in it to have my friends in my community that know they knew and I didn't even say anything. You know, I didn't really have to say anything, you know, and they came and they shoveled out. They got some guys to come shovel out my snow. I'm sitting here doing homework. I look in my backyard. There's men in my backyard and I'm like, Hi, what are you doing here? You know, and they were just, they were there to help. So I think that like Elsie said, just for you to care, you know what I mean? You don't, it's not necessarily always where you have to do something, but just for you to say, Hey, message me. Hey, is everything good today? How's Aiden? You know, what's up? You know, just small things. Like you, like she said, sometimes we just might need to be like, girl, please just listen. You don't have to say nothing, but let me just say this and let me go back to my day. You know what I mean? Like it's, it could be something that small, you know, but when you have, when you have such a small, a, a, a close knit community, like we should have, you know, I've been here basically my whole life, you know, so people know where I'm at. They know where I live. They know my situation with Aiden. It's clearly, it's, you know, all over my social media, like everybody knows, you know, it's not, it's not a big gesture for you to say, hey, yeah, is everything yeah. okay? You know, that's all. Neighbors, the neighbors are important, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of times, a lot of neighbors tend to want to not get involved. I'm right. glad, you know, I talk about Ryan next door. Like Ryan, you know, he's COVID and you know, he's about to die in his house at the thought of something happening to him. And then my neighbor next to me, like my my neighbors across the street are very supportive of Julian. They watch him. One time he got left here, the neighbors are the ones that came and, you know, like stepped in. Your neighbors have to care. Gotta care, you know? What about, um, the, the question I just put up that Kay put, Kay put up about, um, that was directly to you, Nicole, about the name of the lift? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The, the name of the list? Okay. I'm trying. I have. I, I have. I have it. I sent it to Elsie. Like I don't really know much about it. I I have the name on the back of the chair part of the lift, so I can send you guys that. But I don't know. I don't know the first thing. I really don't. But we we're trying. I know we're trying. <laughs> what about what about a, a a car service that needs to go that might have to go to the store for any of you guys? Listen, that would be great because. The other day it was a snowstorm, you know, coming and yeah, you can do like uh, Instacart and DoorDash and all that. But sometimes it's nice if you know the person that might be going to shop, right? You know, as opposed to somebody bringing it to you that you don't know. You know what I mean? It would be, it would be nice if someone says, hey, it's about to snow. Are you okay over there? Because I'm running to the store. Does Aiden need anything? Do you need anything? You know, but you small know, things you know, like that. Flip side of it. Also have to make ourselves accountable as um, parents because sometimes we don't want to ask. We, yeah. we we don't want to receive help. And this year, this journey has really showed me because I'm the type of person like you don't have to give me anything. I, I want to. I could pay for it, or I'll 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 do it. I want to take care of everybody, solve everyone, and like I'll get gifts and stuff. And I'm like, why, why'd you do that? You know, or 
not want to ask for the necessary help from family and, and things of that nature. KK, stop with the comments. <laughs> and it's it like we do. She's we're right. She's right. absolutely we're right. She's right. right. And sometimes we're not. And that's why I'm saying that we have to hold ourselves accountable to know that it's okay for us to receive. But it, I just want everyone to understand that the reason why we're like that is because we have had the fight and struggle to get what we can get for our kids. Yeah. Yeah. have been slammed on us. People are not there for us when we need them to be there for us. So it, you just go in like, never mind, I got it. I yeah, yeah. This, or I don't want to burden anybody, so I'll just do it. Yeah. This particular this particular Facebook user, um, I don't know who you are because you have to actually give StreamYard permission for them to put your name on the screen. So I know you said you're always at the grocery store. Anything they need, hit you up. Um, if you don't give StreamYard permission, no one will know who you are until after the show. Um, one one question that KK had, and oh. Quentin, you're gonna have to answer the question because I saw it and you dilly dally, and you know what the question is. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> I see the question. Absolutely. You want me to go first? Mine's Absolutely. Um, go first. So with, with James, he's definitely a hands-on dad. You know, he does the mornings. Um, he's the one. You know, now he do all the cooking, which is even great. Did we lose Quentin? Um, I think as a father, you know, I can't speak for him, but it is a challenge because, you know, as a father, you want your son to do things. And I got twins. So there's one that's like doing sports and going to colleges and and he's, you know, living his life. And then you have another one who can't even really acknowledge certain types of stuff. So it's a challenge for him. Um, yeah. Hands on, yes, you know, but you know, it's always gonna be mommy, my baby. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jamie! Oh, my friend Jamie said the um grocery store comment. Oh, Jamie. We went to high school together, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess that's my turn. Over to you. So with me having some, I'm gonna, I'm a tasteful and classy person. So I'm gonna keep this as general as I could possibly keep it. Um. So right now there is no, Aiden does not have interaction with his father. Um, so there is no interaction. And I, I do believe that um, when we were in routine and Aiden was going with his dad, he did know, you know, he knew that he was going with his dad. You know, no one can tell me that he didn't. He looked forward to, the different environments and stuff like that. Unfortunately, you know, his dad and I don't see eye to eye and it's been kind of like that since for some years now. So we have these bouts of separation where, which we are in right now. And um, so as far as Aiden's father goes, he's not around right now. And in my opinion, and just as the way that I see things is that you have to want to be a parent, right? Like. Even if it's not your, it wasn't planned or anything like that. You have to want to be a parent. You have to want to be what you, all that you can for your kids, you know, and some people don't have that. And some people aren't built like that. So for you to be a pet, you have to want to be a parent, right? Then a special needs parent is a whole nother level. 
It's a whole different thing. So if you're not already secure in parenting a typical child, there's no room for you over here. And that's just from my personal experience, that's what I have to say about that. Um, Unfortunately, you know, I'm not alone though, let's be clear. I'm not alone. So we're gonna we're gonna just I'm not by myself. I have a, a wonderful partner and we are an awesome ass team, period. Okay. So Aiden gets all that he needs from the both of us and my daughter. You know what I mean? So it's not where I'm alone and I'm just struggling. You know what I'm saying? It's it's I have help. However, I you know. I'm still the mom, like you said, Elsie, you know what I mean? So it still is more on me, you know, but I feel that everything happens for a reason. And I will, I'm going to end it like this. As far as his father goes, it's his loss. And I'll let you deal with that. And that's all I have to say. I think that, I think that you was directed directly to me. I mean, <laughs> I saying, and 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 sometimes we really have to we have to put it out there and we have to talk about it that you know it is a different type of level of love when it comes to a child with a disability. So you carry these babies and you have them and you don't know what is going to come. But once you find that discipline disability. There's different stages to it. I always tell people it is like the five stages of death, or and then you come up to the final one, which is acceptance. Right, right. Fathers, it's a little different. You know, sometimes you 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 have to mourn, and you know, a lot of people used to get would get upset when I would say this or look at me crazy. And it is true. I had to mourn what I thought was going to be my son. Right. Yes. Would happen. I had some more that you know he doesn't get to go up like his friend. Right. He doesn't get to go into the world and live. He doesn't right. get to make decisions for himself. Right. He doesn't have that. And oftentimes people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. What do you mean on your kid? Yeah. Because what I thought that I was, what I thought that I was getting, is no, is is not what I got, you know. And now I'm mourning the son that I envisioned, you know. I envisioned basketball and dating and him going outside and sports. And you know, my sister has jokes. She's always like, "Don't you worry, Elsie. The caregiver's gonna come and have him." And I'm like, "Listen." She come, I got a whole basement for the both of them down there. If you go to the he got a little girlfriend. So already they can get married, we'll come here, they'll live with us, we'll take care of them. That's my little crazy self. But it's not easy for everyone. But right. when you are raising it, which I understand, but let's not get it twisted. To abandon a child, period. And I can tell you the damage from my perspective of having to live that world without that. To abandon a kid with a disability is a is a level of sadness that comes to it, especially if it's intentional. Right. In terms of my husband, I saw a question like, what does he do with them? He, you know, usually it's a group thing. When we when they were coming up older, it, it was like, listen, this is what it is. We need to not get left behind. We do everything together. 
But as they started to get older, we knew that they needed to do separate things. And so what he does is he spends time with each of them individually, and then he spends time with them as a group collective. They're getting older now, um, but, whew, you know, man, they're getting taller than him. So that's one, of, one, of, one of the things I, um, I find interesting is, you 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 hear you hear a lot of people always say and I learned this from you guys last year as as well as some other things that was going on in my life you always hear a lot of people saying um that they live for their kids and I think you guys kind of redirected my thinking when it comes to that I think I think because Elsie Elsie for those that don't know for those that don't know Elsie Elsie goes to this thing like once a month well, I'll get this text out of nowhere, and she'll be like, <laughs> how's, "How's your mental?" She'll check on she'll check on me to just see what's going mm -hmm. on. And I say yeah. that is, I say that because one of the things that I learned from you two as well as Chastity is, you can't be the parent that you need to be for those little ones if you're not in the right space. Nope. Like your mental, awesome. your mental, your mental, your your physical health, your mental health. Can't slip because, like you guys said, the fear of not knowing who's going to be able to take care of them if something was to happen to y'all, just like temporarily. Yeah. Like like Nicole said, just uh, for an hour, for two, three hours, and and it and it makes you think that sometimes people aren't willing to sacrifice um, their pride, their ego, their ego for something that's bigger than them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I always say this. I always say, first, I'm, I'll say, you know, if 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 having a special needs child doesn't humble you, I don't know what will, because this is the most for me personally, I'll speak for myself. It's the most humbling experience ever, you know, and now more than ever, I want to do all that I can for Aiden. You know, my daughter, she's going to be 20 and, you know, she's doing her own thing. You know, I'm still mom, of course, but she's doing her own thing. But now the focus is more on Aiden and trying to groom him the best way that I can, you know, and give him all that he deserves, you know, and to not have to worry about, you know, not giving him any, I want to, I want to give him everything, right? Obviously that's not realistic. I don't understand how his other parent doesn't see that regardless of me, regardless of whatever, regardless, there should be nothing in the way of you wanting to spend time with your children. And on top of that, there should really be nothing in the way with you wanting to see your son who has disabilities, who is very unique and who, who you may not think doesn't feel your absence, but he absolutely feels it. So I just think that like Elsie said too, you know, it's hard, but at the end of the day, I feel like what if I can do it, you, there's no excuse. There's, there's just no excuse. However you choose to parent is on you, but I just feel like the absenteeism, that's a problem for me. You know what I mean? And Aiden doesn't deserve that, but here we are. 
I'm so, not the one, yes, um, for checking in on my people. Notorious. I will send you a text. I will, you know, hey, how you doing? What's going on? You know, how's your mental? Because I know what it's like to walk around in a mask, in a shell. Um, basically, fronting, like all is well. That's it. You know, we're not what I can, I, and I can only go from my experience. So while I'm out here looking like a power woman, I'm really not present, you know? And I think that it's important that parents and caregivers start to really take care of ourselves. What happens is we get so caught up with um, our babies and uh, advocating and fighting and, and trying to keep the roof over their head. And if you're married or in a relationship, keeping that together and everything comes at you, but it comes at you in a different level because you have this child. Mm. As much as you love him and you will die for them, you will, you will, if, if I could take what Julian is going through and he could be the one giving this interview on the hand of God, I would replace myself with my kid just so that he wouldn't have to. But again, what happens is when you don't take care of yourself, you start to really shut down. And I wound up 270 something pounds, didn't even know that it was 277 battling depression, battling anxiety, um, not doing anything. And then finally, it was like, you know what? Got to a point where you're rock bottom and it hits you. Yo, what's going to happen to your children? You, you can't continue like this. Living like this, so right. Therapy is important. Don't anyone shame you into like, oh, therapy is important. Support groups are important. Massages are important. Facials are important. Exercise is important. And if you ask anybody who knows me to tell you that I would be working out right now, they would be like, honey, you lying. But my physical well-being is important. And then let's go there. Spiritually, you know, I'll tell people that, you know, 2020 was about getting stronger mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, you know, and it doesn't matter what denomination you belong to, but faith comes into play when you're dealing with it. Do not lose yourself and don't feel guilty. I started going hiking. I love hiking. Quentin, no, we were there shuffling along. Oh, yeah, we have fun. You know, hiking. And I started finding hobbies because we don't have hobbies. All we are is a disability. Uh, you know, we don't go nowhere. We don't, you know, I, I can't go to my friend's house because he may jump on their bed. And then, you know, you got to deal with, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. You know, uh, you know, or you go in public and everyone's looking at you crazy and you got to like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Or you have to ignore the stares. It's a lot. And so in order to deal with that, don't lose yourself in the process and don't feel guilty because you can't be present. And what I learned in, in a, a therapist, my therapist told me this, I thought she was out of her mind. She was like, do you really think you're a good mom? And I'm like, what? I'm an amazing mother. You was about to hit it with that shoe? No, I was about to go in. Because, you know, I always tell people I'm from Harlem, and but I'm also African. Um, So, like, the combination of the comments hit me. And, you know, I, I have a life coach. And when she told me that, I couldn't deal. And... But as I thought about it, 
It is true. So much is going through my mind. I'm sad. My cousin Safia, my cousin Safia that's in the chat. Yeah. Uh, my little cousin is has autism as well, so she she knows what you guys go through. Um, hey, lady. You know one one of one of the things, Elsie. We we I need you to explain exactly the position that you have in the township and what what is your what is the aim and what you're trying to do because that yeah. is important for anybody that want to donate, yeah. anybody that want to volunteer their time. Oh no, we need volunteers. I know and we I know yeah. we talk about what the community could do. Yeah, Elsie is <laughs> so. In our town, there's a lot of politics and there's a lot of uh, stupidity surrounding whatever. Um, I believe that we have a township government for a reason. Um, and there is an ADA committee, which is the American Disabilities Act Committee that works to champion to make life just a little bit better for children with disabilities and for adults with disabilities, but let's go there for children and adults with mental health concerns and or issues, but let's go there some more. Health disabilities, you know, it's so much deeper than we think it is. And what the vision is, is more like I said, bridging a gap. There's a gap for our community to be good, for us to really be present, to be able to do better. We all have to come together. And with the township, what we're trying to accomplish is building the relationships, building the trust, building a resource network, building up initiatives that brings the community together. Because anyone will tell you when you are a parent of a child with a disability and or you have a disability, it is an extremely lonely world. You think that you're alone and you think that you're unsupported. And so what the township, because this was the mayor and everyone coming on board. And trust me, this is how I know it's 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 a blessing and it's it's peace, it's what's supposed to be. I was the biggest proponent of going after them, like, <laughs> but that didn't it doesn't matter. We're one community network coming together to do good. So that's your question. We're, 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 we're a support-based network. And here's the reason why it's important for the township and the Board of Education to work together. While everyone is so stuck on the nonsense, I hope people understand that when the children leave school, guess where they're going? Into the community. Yeah. And as a community, what do we have to offer them? I don't think a lot of people realize that we often have to go to Fanwood, Donella, and we have to go outside of just here. just for a playground. Just you have to go. We have, you to, have go, to go you know, way out. Yeah, for accessible have, uh, for accessible play. Look how he's looking. <laughs> for accessible playground equipment, we have I have to take Aiden to Westfield. I have to. There's no park here in our town with even one piece of accessible equipment, even one a swing with a back on it would be great so that he can sit supported and I can push him in a swing. There's no options for and that. She is held on a park that is dedicated to children with disabilities. That would be great. People understand. So let me explain it to you. Once the children go home, some of our kids with disabilities, they don't do anything. 
they are stuck in the house. So while some of the kids can go to sports and hang outside, children with disabilities, a large majority of them have nothing here in our town. And when we talk about the parents, we don't know someone's financial status. We don't know their working schedule. So it's not easy for them to be able to go over to Westfield or to Fanwood or to all these other places. So what the Township ADA Committee is trying to really do is bring this community together. We have an amazing relationship with the Union Police Fire Department, where we're going to try to figure out ways to educate the disabilities community about fires. No one has thought about it. Nicole, aiding yeah. in a wheelchair, if there's a fire, do you know what to do? Do you know, you know, do you know, like he needs that wheelchair? Like, do you know? Do you know? Like Julian is in a fire. Julian's not going to know to close the door because there's a fire or go to a window. These are things that we don't think about, but this is what an ADA committee thinks about or a police department getting the relationship building, you know, so that they're conscious and aware. Michael Bowl and I, with the township, when I first got here, created the special needs ID program. Like that was so long ago, but that's another resource that we're working to enhance because now if you plug in a child's name, it, it comes up, yeah. it pop up and the police and fire department know how to engage our children once they get to our home. So it's really, Quentin, the community coming together and being a unique village to support our kids. And and Safia, I see your comment. And see, that's the thing. We we have to really bridge that network. There's a lot of fears out there, but I always say it's from a lack of of a lack of education, but it's also from um, the unconscious bias. And it's also from just people, you know, and when the community knows, you know, or they'll see Julian, sometimes we'll go in the store and like, hi, Julian. I'd be like, who's that? And it's just like, oh, he met him, you know, when he went to the police department for a visit. That's what we do. We build a community resource network to make life just a little bit easier for people with disabilities and mental health. So um, we're going to wrap the show up. I got some information for you guys that I'm gonna share with you guys. Um, is there any final thoughts or comments you guys wanna share? Well, I just want the community to know that when you, if you, you know, just say, hey, are you okay? You know, if you see a child struggling, don't be quick to assume that they're bad. Don't be quick to, right off the child. Understand that a lot of, and there are kids who got behavioral issues, but we have to be more supportive and we have to be more understanding. We have to have, we have to care. And I think that that's one of the reasons why, you know, I've really been contemplating giving up advocating on behalf of the DOE is because I can't force people to care and I can't force, hey Jules, come here, baby. I can't. He come in at the right time. I can't force you. See, I didn't even do this. This is how it goes. <laughs> hey. Hey, 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 Jules. Hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> um, he's, he's so cute. Oh my God, he's a sweetheart. You know, he gonna come in here for his squeezes. You want to squeeze? You know, his his BCBA will like kill me, right, Angela? But 
it's hard. I can't force people to care. And I think that that's the challenge that we face. I think we're, we get tired of fighting, you know? And if I gotta like fight and be that annoying person that goes to a BOE meeting and, and go through all of that, then, you know, the community has to get involved. One voice is not enough. After a while, that one voice becomes ignored, you know? We need people to be more vocal. We need people to really, you know, stand up and say, this is not right. You know, what are we doing for our community? And hold me accountable in my role as chair of the township ADA. Hold our educators, no, no, educators, you guys are good. Hold our board members accountable uh, because they make the decisions with our kids. Um, but special education should be a priority. Don't laugh, Clinton. You know how I feel. <laughs> Stop checking. Let me be you, you go there, right? Nicole, any final comments or thoughts? Um, I think Elsie summed it up. I'll go back to just saying, you know, to check in on the on the parents. I'll really stand by that. To check in on the parents. Just, you know, I know we all know that our community loves our kids. You know, we 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 know that. But, um, some of the parents. We need some loving too. Nothing major, but you know, <laughs> just to check in and hey, how's everybody doing? You know, or I'm going walking. Would you like to join? Small things like that they go a long way. And just care a little bit. Just yeah, care. After that, after that Valentine's Day weekend, Nicole has she in good hands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, but anyway, I digress. I appreciate you guys. For to make me Do you hear this? I appreciate you guys for joining us in the chat. It's always it's always a pleasure to have these young ladies on the um on the show as well as we're gonna we're gonna try to do another show when um, and feel free to reach out when to chat, us. When chat is available. Reach out to us, Nicole, and um, we've all had like oh we've had Zoom calls and we'll be on yep. at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Community has the support, and we're here to help. Um, and so, definitely reach out to us. Link up with Quentin; he knows how to reach out to us. Do not go through this journey alone. You are not alone. You have support. Um, don't walk it by yourself. And please make time for you. You have yes. got to make time for you. Every, everybody in the chat, I thank you guys for joining us tonight. And um. Be on the lookout because we're gonna probably do another show uh not a year from now. It'll probably be within the next couple about the next month or so. So just to just because I know without chastity here, I know that she it's probably very different. She probably will remember some things right? that these young ladies forgot. So hopefully, hopefully we'll have all three of them on the show again very soon. With that, everybody have a safe Thank night. You. Have a great weekend. Thank you. <laughs>